Welcome to the Originals Podcast. This is the show where I, Ben Young, speak to the tinkerers, marketers, and entrepreneurs cutting their own path. We hear their stories and what they're working on right now. This week's guest is Anna Milosevic, who I've known for a few years. I wanted her on the podcast as almost a sneak peek into the types of conversations we'd have over lunch or coffee. What I really like is that we can dive from topics about sustainability to deep ad tech and then just back to business. Originally from Serbia, she's been in New York the past 20 years. Day to day, she runs Sparrow Advisors, a digital advisory firm advising clients on ad tech, martech, commerce and emerging sectors. Without further ado, here is my conversation with Anna. Oh, there's quite quite a few stops in between. Yeah. So like, you're in the Stockholm startup. Dot com crash. How did you get out of there? Does it go away, or you've already changed at that point? No, no. I I just it was actually a really successful exit. I just exited my shares of the company because um, I I wasn't going to be spending much time in Europe, and most of our clients were actually in Western Europe. So I I very um, consciously wanted to focus here. Uh, and you know, with with a ton of luck and good fortune, I actually started working for the UN, which uh, is a running joke in my family because I speak right. like six languages. And so everybody who knows me thought that I should be a translator or yeah. I should work for the United Nations it, because the two natural jobs if you're multilingual. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So uh, because when when there's so much joking going yeah. on, it eventually it registers somewhere up yeah. there and things started yeah. to be set in motion. So. Um, I actually got a really, really cool role to help UNICEF uh, figure out how to use technology to communicate health messages to teenagers. So this is okay, right around the time, yeah, they, they discovered that, you know, teenagers are also children, technically yeah. still, and that they need an approach to, yeah. to working yeah. on teens. Uh, so, so I did that. Um, for a couple of years, and then transitioned into more of an innovation role. Um, and they now have a, an entire innovation yeah. division, and it's like it's really well thought out and well put together. But uh, but I did that. Uh, I kind of wrote my own job description um, for a while there, and, and married yeah. technology, media, um, all of their sponsored athletes, vendors, um, yeah. etc. And so I started getting really interested in two things, uh, storytelling and audiences, and how the same concept and story can resonate very, very differently depending on how you tell it. So I I think that's a natural uh, bridge towards advertising of some sort. And so uh, after I I exited the UN, I got bit by the startup bug again, so I was an early team member of a startup that was trying to do uh, paid video back in the days, this is maybe 2004 or 5, I'm not sure So around, the real, was Real Player going out? Yeah, so it was, it was Real Player was on the, yeah, down, on the down, downward yeah. slope, and then YouTube had just been acquired, yeah. so we, we started getting UGC video, which yeah. is a, a huge yeah. thing. And so we tried to, yeah, we tried to package, like, downloadable, uh, Pod pods <laughs> that yeah. you could like, yeah, yeah. push yes. to a device. The only days of podcast was yeah. video to the iTunes store. Yes. And I remember 
um, you'd have to like create six different versions, mm -hmm. so you'd have a small one, the bigger one. Yeah. Wow, that's how you kind of package that up. Yes, uh, so uh, I wish that company that was... That sounds like a great business. <laughs> it was, yeah. it was a little bit early, because um, uh, that was the time when you know, video was so new, yeah. everything was so new that nobody really wanted to pay for any of that. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but a lot of uh, really cool, nerdy stuff around video and audio, but then just to be a full-on innovation cliche, the very next company I joined was uh, Essentially, putting terrestrial radio on the internet. So, yeah. I do remember that point of time where it was like, "This is <laughs> this is a." It didn't quite take off, right? Uh, it, it's a very. I mean, it's really hard is, to do it here. Yeah, podcast is kind of a a grandchild of that. But yeah, I, I remember from New Zealand as a point of time where it was like, "Oh, I can access radio around the world," uh -huh. and you listen to something. But then I don't get any of the context of the radio show. And of yes. course, the radio show has been created for radio first and second. So it was. Yeah. But again, at the time, I was like, this is going to be big. We, we had an interesting vision. And again, I think you know what, what I learned most from that company is that vision and idea is not enough. If yeah. you have a dysfunctional um, senior executive team who can't really. You know, stir the ship in any yeah. direction, um, you're just not going to be successful. It's a company that had so many opportunities and, you know, was kind of a meager success at the end. But uh, so lots of lots of good things that I personally learned there. So up until that point, I was very lucky. Yeah. Most things I touched worked really well. And had the right people around the table. Yeah, exactly. And this was a, it was a really cool idea. I still think it would be a cool idea today. So basically, you know, you have a, a Terrestrial radio station. I happen to know exactly zero of them, but I'm sure there's like an NPR or something uh, station going on. And so uh, we built a, a skin for it that would show you exactly what was played in the last 24 hours, uh, you know, lyrics, info about the artist, how it ranks, you know, buy the music, and then we would serve as recommendations around that. So we built an ad network that lets you target people who'd heard a specific song, for example, which is wow. a really, really interesting way to yeah. think about music and targeting an audience building at the yeah. same time. So, um, so that was kind of, a, I'm narrowing down my, my focus on audience yeah. from, you know, okay, this is great, yeah, how, do we, yeah, how do we get yeah. like video in the hands of consumers? Well, maybe we focus on like, you know, the nerdier populations and like the, yeah. the tech savvy populations first, and then this was how do you take something as universal as music and then create a new way to to look at what defines an audience. Yeah. And I took a uh, what I now consider to be a small detour. I, I spent six months at Meetup, where again I wanted to look at physical audiences, small groups. Yeah, how technology can coordinate. Yes. And, and yeah. how, you know, if, if you're a large brand, like if I'm Nike, is, is there yeah. a way for me to, you know, with a very small investment by, you know, footing the bill for a group of moms somewhere in the middle yeah. of America to get together once a month, to speak to them directly and, and add value to their lives and yeah. not just, you know, buy media and yeah. set some money on the yeah. um, And so that's leading me in the direction of, uh, of DMPs. And so, uh, yeah, there's the head of product at Demdex, 
And so from the video startup, yeah. the gentleman who was on the board and one of the early investors ended up being the CEO of Clubhouse, Frank Nicole. Yeah. And so we, we reconnected and, uh, and... Isn't that the best when someone you've worked with yes. before goes, I'm working on something new. Yeah. Based on how we worked before, I think you'd be really good or you'd have fun. Yeah. It, it, it just is the best. You're like, they're not bringing me into something that's rubbish. Yeah. You can shortcut a lot of diligence yourself. I, I, you know, the, the more the more you're at it, though, yeah. the more you're going to have friends and, and former they're colleagues who yeah. reach out with like ideas that are just either not interesting or not like they, they don't tick some box yeah. for you. Yeah. And then you kind of, you know, you 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 have to tell them like yeah. you can't be honest. Yeah. That's great, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. But I remember, uh, I remember the, the the first conversation we had about this, and, and like Randy didn't even get through the first part of yeah. what he was talking about, yeah. and I was like, I'm in, I get it, like I clearly, because I, I knew um, it, it wasn't the first conversation we had about this kind of thing, and, and so yeah. I was like, oh, you're really doing it this time, let's yeah. go. Yeah. So that was a very easy decision. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, of course, we had no idea what we were doing then. Naturally. <laughs> That's how all these things start. Yeah. I think it should be over yeah. here, but like it's gonna be somewhere in here. So Well, just to tell you how much of yeah. the somewhere in here it was the first version of the product we built was very e-commerce focused. Yeah. Because we thought, of course, like retailers, they have skew level information. It's gonna be natural for them. They've got that like they've got skews everywhere. Yeah. yeah. So, I, I, I've been that exact. Not a single retailer was yeah. even remotely interested, but publishers started uh, you know, banging down the door yeah. because this is happening at a time when uh, third party data is a currency yeah. and publishers are starting to lose out because they're now expected to put yeah. the bill for third party data. Yeah. And they're like, you know, wait a minute, I, I have some. Data. Data. Yeah, and it's yeah. probably better than whatever you gather through the you know dark yeah. corners of the internet. Um, and yeah, so it was a it's a very very interesting company. Yeah. That, you know, when I look back now, I'm mortified. How, how, how did you describe it at the time? Like, I think mean, now you describe it as a DMP. That's yeah. never the first term that, that you come up with. How did you? Uh, yeah, so uh, it's actually the first product we technically sold was more of a tag manager, and I, I lost. Which I think kind of makes sense. Yeah, well. yeah, yeah, that was the, yeah. the first manifestation of it was yeah. like helped me ring in these tags. Yeah. We actually built the tag manager so that we could sell the, the DMP. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I wanted to call it, you know, audience management tool. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, yeah. The, there was a bigger push for data management, so I lost that coin toss. And, uh, That's a <laughs> Yeah, and so we, you know, became a DMP. But ta-da! Uh, after Adobe integrated, after yeah. they, they acquired, now it's called audience yes. Yeah, yeah. So long run, it kind of works. Yes. What's like, what is the data used for? Yeah, and and I think that's that's a perfect illustration of a lot of things in our space where we anchor in on something so tactical. Yeah, and, 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 and yeah. rational and technical. I have this technology because it does A plus B. Yes. But what is the impact of that? Yeah. Honestly, and, and no one needs a data management platform because what is the value of yeah. managing data? Yeah. The value is in the audiences that you can 
create and activate. So, so that's it's, yeah. it's a, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, you it's can tell fun, yeah. this, this is a long-standing <laughs> rifle of mine. Yeah. Oh, never mind. <laughs> that's funny. Along the similar timeframes in New Zealand, um, I personally missed the observation of DMPs coming around because New Zealand was still two years behind. Mm -hmm. It was still very savvy in pockets. It wasn't savvy such that it was creating so much data that it would be useful yes. to collect it. And so when this idea of DMPs came around, it was like, that makes sense, but no one's got enough data yet. Yeah. And so I think New Zealand was still in that catch-up phase. Uh -huh. But I do, do remember the tag manager problem. We would yeah. we would sign up clients, we'd be like, the first 90 days when you prove out if you're doing a good job. Mm -hmm. And most clients who get to the end of 90 days would only have two weeks of data. Yeah. It took took two months to get access with code on page. Yeah, that, that's yeah. exactly why yeah. we developed it, because we were talking to a large media yeah. conglomerate who really wanted to work with us, and they were like, great, give it to us, and we'll put it in our release queue, yeah. and we'll launch it on page in like six and a half months. Yeah. And we're looking at our bank account, and we're like, hmm. I think so. <laughs> yeah. There may be a, a discrepancy. Yeah. So so we, we built the, the tag manager as a Beachhead, or as some yeah, of my so colleagues like, called it, a Trojan horse. <laughs> but uh, but really, something that you know instantly gives value. And this was when people still used to charge for tag managers, and we yeah, were just yeah, like, yeah. don't do that. Like, put it on, or put some order on all of these tags that you're firing, including yeah. from companies that are you know no longer in business, yeah. but they're still on. And the these were the days where. It was rare that you'd load a tag and it would load into tag another tag. Mm -hmm. like these days you, yes. put, you put one tag on, there's 80, and you're like, why well, don't sign off on 79? These yeah. are the days you put one piece of code on, you had one piece of code on. Yes, right. yes. And um, you know, you, you had hung pages and that piece of code was loading slowly. Yeah. Um, and just a lot of, man, that feels like it was such a long time ago. But it really it was wasn't. It? <laughs> yeah. right. We had a, the, the same insight one. Okay, we need a way to get code on faster. Yeah. So we built it a tag manager. We didn't, we call it a JavaScript CMS because mm -hmm. that's what it was. We're like this yeah. lets you load and remove. Mm -hmm. But there was some browser sh security issue we kept coming into, and so we're like we can't put this out. So, so yeah. we were like we know someone will solve it. We don't have the expertise, so we couldn't find people with the expertise. Yeah. Um, but it was very rudimentary, and it wasn't that long ago. That was. I think we did a proof of concept in 2009, 2010. Yep. And there were other solutions in the market for tag management. Mm -hmm. But they weren't, I guess, using the cliche, they weren't evenly distributed. Yes, yeah. yes, like, exactly. Like some people knew about it, but not everyone. Yeah, and, um, and it was a pretty vibrant space until Google shut it down by Make it free, fast, very capable. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a good playbook when you're so the company got acquired by Adobe. Yes. You, you stayed on through the acquisition. I did. Yes. Um, I. Um, well, what, 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 what was that process like? So uh, Adobe is a spectacular company, yeah. and it, it's very. I've executed incredibly well. Yes. And the swap to the to SaaS. This is this is going to be a you know, business school uh, case study for generations yeah. to come, and, and I think Adobe's CEO in particular and their entire senior executive suite is sort of severely underrated because yeah. they, they don't often come and 
the same conversations as um, CEOs of Microsoft or Oracle and similar. Yeah. And they absolutely should because they took uh, you know interesting but very technology 1.0 Silicon Valley company and seemingly effortlessly and seemingly overnight transformed it for this yeah. era. Uh, I mean, you know, they tend the stock in the last 10-ish years or so. Yeah. How many people can say that yeah. at, at that size and scale yeah. of the company? Um, so I, you know, looking at their acquisition process, there are companies that know how to acquire other companies, and Adobe yeah. have been doing that for a while. Yeah. They, you know, most of their the product that they're known for is acquired through. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so they've had a, a chance to hone the process. And so we were the first acquisition following Omniture and the genesis of the, yeah. the marketing yeah. suite. And um, it was very, a very interesting set of many conversations, as you can imagine, teeing this up, yeah. where you know we had to do things like explain what an impression was, because coming from web analytics, yeah. you don't necessarily speak advertising or media as fluently. You've got a different vernacular. Yes. Yeah, but but the the the, the pro I highly recommend being acquired by Adobe yeah. if you have I that chance. Adobe, shift to the top. They're really just a, a wonderful, wonderful company, and everything yeah. is well thought out of uh, out. And if it isn't well thought out, and you are the first person experiencing it, yeah. by the time somebody else is in your shoes, yeah. they'll have figured out some process around it. But we were the first. And we were a small team, we were 30-ish um, people, yeah. I think, all together, maybe thereabouts. Yeah. Did, you, did you know that acquisition as it was happening? Or the CEO came in one day and was like, this is happening? Yeah. Or like, what, what was that? So, so this was very bizarre. So I was on the senior executive team, but my, uh, my business partner and sister, Maya, current business yeah. partner, Forever sister. <laughs> uh, she was one, one of the rank and file, yeah. um, and she was, you know, leading uh, many of our strategic sales conversations. She was yeah. one of the first people to like sell uh, data SaaS in, yeah. in, in, the, in the industry. But I, I think there was some concern about how to manage that split, yeah. both from the Adobe side and, and the senior executive side. But you know, I'm fairly perceptive, and so I can. You can see what people are up to. So, so it was a, a bit of a challenge to uh, keep the lid on effectively when you know the, the all of a sudden. Not meant, like, yeah. Right. So I think I think we were closer to forty. I'm, I'm completely but, blanking on this now, but uh, I, it was a it was a you know sizable company. I mean, still small enough. Yeah, but yeah, if your yeah. entire senior exec team disappears for days on end, yeah, that's. You know, yeah. Up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You don't yeah. need a. You know. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, so it, it happened fairly quickly all together. And um, I remember we were trying to close. So we closed in like January, I think, or February. And we were trying to close before the holidays. Yeah. Um, but Adobe, being a, a wonderful company, has <laughs> the week between Christmas and off as every company in yes. the world yeah, should yeah. have. No, it's not going to happen. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, you know, you're just not going to do a lot of work that way. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. 
so, so like that was one of the first quirks that, that we were uh, faced with is that like our, our clothes date got unfortunately bad because everybody was on holiday. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, we're a small company, we just work. Yeah. But, but we were like, you know, I, I think it sounded so surreal at the time that like Adobe of yeah. all people in the space. It's a big brand. Yes. But I mean, you know, by the time like Tube Mobile rolled around, like they made other acquisitions, yeah. so it totally made sense. And yeah. I think for us it was we were kind of pinching ourselves every yeah. day, like, are we really having yeah. these comments like that that Adobe? Yeah. Like not some other Adobe? Yeah, but there wasn't like a weird Adobe for like Googling just to make yeah. sure that that's So it was kind of the acquisition which maybe helped improve the thesis of swapping to like cloud SaaS like revenue paying. Yes. Yeah. And I'll remember this forever, this don't ever do this to somebody. So we were announcing the acquisition on the same day that we had like two or three people starting. Like that was their first yeah. day. Yeah. And we had to have them start then because we wanted them along yeah. for the acquisition, right? Yeah. And that must have been the strangest first day in the history of yeah. strange first days yeah. for somebody. Because you can like you yeah. can feel it in the yeah, air, yeah. right? And you know, people are like also, I don't know what their compensation was, but early employees hopefully getting a little bit of a payday, investors getting paid, like it's... Yeah, yeah. It, it, it was, a, it was a, a, a very happy outcome because we, unlike other competitors, we actually raised a, a very small amount of money, so basically everybody who uh, was involved with that deal was quite happy with it. Yeah, uh, the money got back into the right pockets. Yeah, but, but we had, so again, this is not that long ago, but, but we had conversations with, you know, as we were trying to hire people and we were offering equity as sort of our standard equity package and we had engineers who didn't understand how equity worked and didn't understand how to value it or, or what they wanted. I don't think much has changed now. It's so, uh, yeah. I think, I think things like angel list training people mm -hmm. to know what to ask for. Yeah. Because it gives some ranges. Mm -hmm. Or they've asked a friend and they know. Yeah. But I don't think they really like. I don't think most people really know they want to know that they've got it. Yeah. It's how they execute it, it builds on the personal wealth, things like that. Lots of question marks. It, it's really hard because you don't, you know, if you're early enough, you, you don't really know what the theoretical value of your equity could be, short of like this and, is our and, value. It's a massive brain. Yeah. Yeah. So you don't you're walking into a you're walking into a risk and you don't quite understand how big that risk is. Yeah. So what I've seen people optimize for is kind of sticking with whatever wherever they were previously just on salary. Yeah. Like if you can hit that as a sweet spot, yeah. they're kind of looking at everything else as gravy. Yeah. So we had a lot of people that you know should have absolutely been on the cap table. Yeah. Who were like, no, I just, you know, bonus me out, kind of, you know, yeah. taking cash and, and that's it. And, yeah. and uh, it was, um, I, I, you're right. I, I guess that's an element of personal choice for, yeah. for, for them, right? Definitely. Yeah, um, but yeah, so, yeah. Uh, so. But that's a well managed startup. <laughs> yes. Many startups don't have that optionality or that transparency mm -hmm. or. Understanding what their trade off is. Yeah, no, no, we were very, very lucky. I mean, you know, the the, the CEO was a, it wasn't his first rodeo. Basically, nobody's first rodeo. Yeah. Um, I mean, that helps a lot. Yeah, 
I mean, just on understanding what you should be freaked out about versus what's kind of regular growing pains. Uh, I mean, I, I can look back on a lot of things now and go, oh, so I should not have worried about that. But I mean, yeah. you know, like in, yeah. we've taken down the site of one of our biggest clients for like several hours. Yeah. And like this is literally the kind of thing that will put a company out of business yeah. because had they wanted to, just I, asking us to recoup the revenue that you know yeah. we cost them would have probably just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, but you know, cool had to prevail. We yeah. uh, we managed to convince them this is a you know, yeah. great opportunity to think about hey, this could happen to anyone, including you. You might want to you know look at who gets to put things on your site and stuff, and it all it, it yeah. strengthens our relationship. Yeah. But you know, it, it's it's very hard when you're in a startup. Everything feels like a life or death moment. That's the only thing yep. that experience really yep. rewards you is understanding which ones are the really yep. life or death which moments. Are, yeah. Which are. Yeah. And so there are still many, but yeah. not as many as yeah. the first thing. Like, you know. yeah, you get to understand the parameters. You're like, okay, that's going to be bad. Yeah. That's going to be that bad. Well, yeah. here's how we make that bad. It's a good thing. Right. Like, you know, we're 90% on fire. That's okay. Yeah. We've yeah, yeah. still got time to go. Yeah, so we're, we're, we're enough water. It's <laughs> yeah. a little bit fine. I'll wash it so long. That's what they're saying. I call it the game of whack-a-mole. Yes, exactly. Not like, yeah. Sometimes you're playing three games of whack-a-mole. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you've got like half a hammer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And lots of And you're on the phone at the same time. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, it, it's a very, very uh, well well run process. Yeah. And I, I, I see them being very intelligent about and, and incredibly methodical and just you know, yeah. doing their homework on the BD front. And, you know, like I said, it, like anybody who has a chance to work with them absolutely should. They're yeah. just spectacular. So, how'd you go from that to where you are now? So, you kind of yeah. went through, I'm not sure if I'm the right person to keep in catch up loads. I'm going to go do something else. Yeah, I, I really, I mean, I've always been incredibly ambitious, and that tends to work really well for men. It yeah. doesn't tend to work really well for women because, you know, when, especially when you're working with somebody who's maybe not as ambitious as you are, and or you know, has thoughts on the same kinds of things that, that, that you want to think about. So I, I wanted to do something again, really large scale, but at a different size company yeah. and you know unfortunately it didn't sound like that was going to be Adobe then but um, but uh, SaaS the analytics company yeah. the you know, largest privately held software outfit out there yeah. um, was interested in looking at analytics for media entertainment and adjacent yeah. industries and so they they you know been reaching out for a while I really like the, the gentleman was leading that charge and kind of slowly talked yeah. me and slowly <laughs> talked me into it and sold yeah. me on this really really ambitious vision yeah. of you know taking these granular tactical data points that I've been dealing with and turning them into a really really um, sophisticated intelligence engine which yeah. you know is still kind of the dream SAS had the capabilities to actually make it a reality. And so I... And I, a company like SAS, mm -hmm. or 
SAS has that as well with their access to data across yes. the stack. The access yeah. to, to data, access to the clients, the, yeah. the right level of decision maker. I mean, you know, yeah. on my first couple of weeks there, we went to present a software as a service deal that was, I think it was $19.5 million in the first year. Wow. Which I'd never done before. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, it's like, oh, cool. I was fully expecting to be, you know, locked out of the room, yeah, yeah. and the client's kind of like, "Oh, that looks good. Let's uh, let's talk through the details, and like, you know, maybe we'll want to throw uh, in some yeah. other stuff in there." So I was literally like, my jaw dropped to you know yeah. open the floor. Um, There's a lot of DMP contracts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't think of many yeah. there that are in that range. You know, I was very excited about like a three million dollar contract yeah. for that. Yeah. But this this kind of blew the the scale of yeah. what you can do and the sophistication of the technology. But I was also fascinated by the organization itself because it, it's one of those organizations that served as an inspiration for a lot of uh, Silicon Valley companies. Right. Yeah, yeah, it was Google. like a reference point. Yeah, so uh, Dr. So right. Jim Goodnight is yeah. the founder of the, the, the company and still the CEO. Yeah. Um, He's a lovely, lovely gentleman, but I think he would be an excellent Bond villain. Like, oh, really? When your name is Jim Goodnight, you can yeah, either you know, yeah, run yeah, a, yeah. the world's best analytics company yeah. or be a Bond villain. So, so he had this vision back in the day when this wasn't the norm for American companies. They're, they're headquartered in uh, North Carolina, yeah. Raleigh. Um, to, emulate his experiences while at university. He was a researcher and his early uh, core executive team were basically his friends from academia. And so he invested very aggressively in the company, invested very aggressively in like building a beautiful campus with a lot of things that, that are not taken for granted here. Like there's a daycare on Premises, yeah. you know, they That's always right. like overspend on health care, uh, like lots of these just life services that yeah. were quality of life. Yeah, yeah. So you know, you go down to uh, to to North Carolina, and you're in this like Star Trekian campus yeah. that you know just feels very conducive to all manner of, yeah. of innovation. Just a really nice place to, you know, have a high-level meeting with a client as well. Um, and you know, here our offices were in Midtown, and like what used to be Apple's first office in Manhattan. Yeah, that's just like yeah. so. It's just so much yeah. lore there. But yeah, so Google famously quoted SaaS as their inspiration for the Googleplex. And oh, wow. Like a lot of this, this new age-ish, yeah. like Silicon Valley 2.0 stuff. Yeah, I figured it came from somewhere else, but I wasn't Yeah, it, sure. it came from yeah. SaaS. <laughs> and uh, yeah, truly global company, similar approach to like staff well-being everywhere. And just a very, uh, very cohesive environment rather large at the, at the time it was about the same size staff wise as Adobe was, but privately held. Yeah. So there was always an emphasis on Is it still private now? Yes. Wow, well, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 great. And and they, they pride themselves on having the ability to not have to do something just because shareholders Yeah, yeah, yeah. the market's saying let's pivot to video. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah. So they're able yeah. to pull um, 
to get away with a lot of yeah. really, really transformative things because they can you know, spend. Like patient. Yeah, but they can also just spend you know thirty percent of their top line revenue on R and D. Cool stuff. Yeah. And that's not something you can do if you're no. a public company. So, so that, that's very um, interesting. And so you know, for three years, um, and you know, we we bought um, some some companies as well, and so we kind of. Yeah. Strung together a pretty compelling offering based on homegrown stuff yeah. and modified products and like yeah. companies we acquired and took that to market um, locally, really. Um, but that got me into a lot of rooms with a lot of you know C level, board level people from Fortune 100 yeah. to really understand where their struggles were with data. They were people who you know, would not know a DMP from a CMS or yeah. whatever. But they also had that, hey, how do we tell our story to the right audience? You're really simple. Yes. And so, you know, on, on the one hand side, I'm on this extremely, like, cutting edge, super technical, super nerdy innovation side of things yeah. where we're, we're cooking up you know, the ability to, to target someone based on a trigger inferred based yeah. on seven different things, blah, blah, blah. And on the other hand, keep getting pulled back to this very, very basic, you know, right person, yeah. right time, yeah. right medium kind of thing. There's such a disconnect between yeah. those two. And the more I was in those rooms, the more I realized that whenever we're having conversations around data, if you have somebody from the buy side in the room, and somebody from the sell side in the room, they're using the same words, the same vocabulary, yeah. to mean very different things. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. there's just this like cloud of misunderstanding floating yeah. through. Yeah. And uh, and I started thinking about well, you know, how do you solve this? Yeah. Because one of the, the the challenges I had was over there was um, you know I still had to execute using the professional services team, the kind of the, the standard professional services team. And I realized that it's one thing to have the process for delivering professional services yeah. nailed down. That's great. But you need such specialized expertise and the ability to plug yeah. in. And deep capability, yes. which is very hard. It, incredibly hard, but, but because it's hard to orchestrate. Because you don't name somebody who's you know extremely good at this one sliver of email activation. You don't need that person. You just need to create a framework so that you can plug them in, yeah. have their feedback um, be captured and turned into something actionable, yeah. and then weave that through the yeah. project. Yeah, the process follows. Yeah, so then um, right around the time it, it started becoming apparent that I, I wanted to, to move on, I started thinking, you know, looking at kind of the, 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 the yeah. shape, like yeah. what are the things that I haven't done? And so I hadn't gone through an IPO, yeah. and I had never really been part of like a, a highly scaling, you know, fifty million plus business. Yeah. And so I was like, ah, let's yeah. let's do that. Yeah. Yeah. So I uh, I joined Signal um, to build a like kind of high touch yeah. consulting service for them, so that they could turn a very successful tag management data hub into Data identity product yeah. that they're, they're still uh, selling today, and it's kind of a 
other platform exchanges services. Yes. So yes, I was there um, and launched a, a couple of really interesting things that eventually made Australia New Zealand, and um, and that really led me to Sparrow. And on the other side of this, my, my partner Maya, she went very deep on the ad tech side of the business, and we kind of both surfaced with the exact same, you know, like this is dumb, let's fix this yeah. kind of yeah. realization. Yeah. But uh, but it it it, it was. On the one hand side, if you're a large company and you have these data problems, you really need very different expertise and approach than either what you have in-house already or what yeah. you can kind of you know, buy from a hands-to-keyboard yeah. type. And, and it's immensely hard, I think, for them to hire for those roles. Very, very hard. Because it's hard to describe it, but also to select the right person. Yes, and, and you might get the right candidate and interview them. Yeah, but you don't know how to stack up the criteria to actually convince. Yeah, and, and a lot of those types of roles default to being like, you know, SVP of innovation or yeah. of innovation, and those roles are kind of set up to fail from the get go. Yeah. So I was on the on the you know larger company side will help you figure out this mess and how it makes sense to your business, and then on the smaller company side. We very selfishly built the kind of service we wish we could use when you're in operational roles, like somebody who can actually come and advise you across not not just the immediately burning fire. <laughs> yeah, away, yeah. Like. Is this going to lead to another burning fire, or can we just put them all out? Exactly. Right. And, and yeah. so we, we couch that as more like how to scale and like how to run a business and how yeah. to get from uh, you know, hey, we're right at Series A. We know you're going to have to three you know, x your staff in yeah. the next six months or so. Like here's here's the the, the, the usual um, things that are going to be a problem. Yeah. Here's how to work around them. Um, and so so that's what we we ran with, and that was uh, four and a half years ago. <laughs> wow, where's that time gone? Yeah, I know it's 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 very funny. I, I think this is very common for most entrepreneurs. It either feels like it's something that you've been doing your entire life, yeah. or that you just started yesterday and oh my god, none of this is like, the, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we should be much more. Yeah. Uh, it's like a time warp. Yeah, yeah. exactly, exactly. Um, so, so yeah, so it just seems surreal. Like, you can tell me it's you know, been 10 years yeah. and it would be equally surreal. <laughs> I don't think that yeah. ever goes away. Yeah. It's also, dare I say, the pace of change in our industry has been the highest mm -hmm. in the past four and a half years. I've seen yeah. A lot of growth, disruption, mm -hmm. changing of stakeholders, maturity and speed. Yeah. The proper shift of mobile. Mm -hmm. right. we, we see a lot of this manifest is usually uh, uh, in the guise of vendor selection. So yeah. this is one of the things that we, we yeah. do. But you know, if you picked any three-letter acronym technology in yeah. the last four or five years, and even if you're happy with it, yeah. To your point about the pace of change, things have changed so much out there that yeah. that company may no longer be the best fit yeah. for you. And, um, and so we're, we're starting to see companies insert more rigor into this process and Which start to, good. yeah. Um, and, and you know, but, but there are a lot of companies that uh, struggle with like what makes a good decision, like, yeah. you know, and the yeah. decision and criteria for picking one technology or another. So. We, 
we love helping with stuff like that because I'll change thoughtful queries in time. Yeah, but but you know you, you come across a you know like a Fortune 500 company that's using essentially like off-label stuff. Yeah. You're like, what? Why are you doing that? Yeah. Like, what's the? Yeah, like I, I get that you know yeah. <laughs> something has clearly yeah. gone wrong here, but um, or you know just through consolidation, yeah. there's you know 18 different things that they're using that, that have so much overlap yeah. that. You know, just cutting out some of that. Yeah, just refining. Yeah. Like, this is the same product as this. Yeah, like yeah. What, yeah. what's going on here, kind of. Um, well, we once did an enterprise deal, um, got it across the line, went in for meeting, and they're like, we're not going to meet it. So we just did the contract. Yeah. Like, we're not implementing it because we're worried about security and privacy. And I was like, well, we went through that procurement. Yeah. I was like, I know, but now someone else is worried about it. So I loaded up the website and I was like, if you're worried, these are the ones to go look at and we're happy to go through the process. They didn't implement us for six months. Because I was like, <laughs> this is a short conversation. Like it's, yeah. uh, but someone else showed concerns and their process was we just stopped until we figure it out. And I was like, well, what do we do with it? Yeah. Are you still going to pay, though? So I guess I think they fully paid off the contract. Yeah. I said, all right. Do you want to cancel? And they're like, no, we want to keep going. And I was like, so you just want to keep paying? And they're like, yes. So they were good about it, mm -hmm. but I was like, you're not getting the most value out of it. And I hate to think where else this happened. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, uh, I'm sure it happens a lot. When you're a smaller company, you can make those kinds of very, you know, like, look, yeah. we're, we're not the right fit for you, or like, let's, let's call it what it is. Yeah. But, you know, when you're a larger company, you, you have a quota that fit. Yeah. Just gonna stick to that yep. quota. Got to. So, yeah. Yeah. And uh, and honestly, just you know, finding a better partner for for somebody is could be a huge boon yeah. for both companies. Yeah, it can make a lot of difference. Yeah, I mean, um, we we've seen folks point to you know five figure contracts with like large software vendors that are to make the the vendor completely yeah. because of the level of support that they're getting or the you know kind of square peg round yeah. hole type. I remember we once did a call, and I'm like, oh, we'll invite the sales team because they've been using mm -hmm. it. And I dial in, there's 60 people on the line. <gasps> I was like, I don't realize 60 people. Like, we saw the logins, but I didn't, mm -hmm. 60 people wanted to listen to get the updates. Like, yeah. you do forget the impact it can have on some big companies. Yeah, yeah. And the impact it should have. Yeah. Because it's also, it's easy for me to add 60 users. Think about the internal person who has gone through and said, here's your login. Yeah. I don't think people appreciate how hard that can be. <laughs> no, definitely not. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's interesting because technology isn't a new thing. SaaS isn't a new thing. No. But when you look at any company that has more than 100 people working there, uh, you know, there's 20 different things you're logging into on a daily basis. Many logins, different tools, set processes we use. Yeah, it's just that the, the level of it's not even complexity. It's just I don't I don't have a good word for it other than like technological promiscuity. I guess. Well, the irony is it's brought transparency, but it's still the usage of those tools is the organization's DNA. Mm -hmm. yeah. The organization's DNA is still as complex as it was twenty years ago. Yeah, it's just we now log into stuff instead of chain smoke. Move the paper around. And actually, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because that was another big thing that we wanted 
contrast with Tarot. Um, so for the last, the better part of the last decade, technologies around digital advertising were really the first ones to kind of be at the frontier of digital yep. transformation. So they would kind of suss out much deeper problems organizationally, but and, not be yeah. the ones to address them. And, and methodologies and issues. Yes, yes. Um, I talk about this a lot, like when, when my friends was going, this technology is going to provide a lot of work as a lawyer. And so he's like, we don't need to do this work. And I was like, I've been doing that. But typically, digital media has been the first to go through these yeah. uh, automation, uh, introduction of AI. We will see logins, um, different tools, remote working. And so, four and a half years in, yeah. what, do, what do you want to do with the business now? Oh man! It's you and your partner and your sister. Yeah. You guys get to see the direction. I think it, you're near five years, which is an interesting point of time because mm -hmm. you're through some of the upstart challenges. Um, but also, life happens as well. So, like, <laughs> it's I guess you're out of the honeymoon phase. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Like, how do you guys think about the next five or ten years? And, yeah, it, it's a really, really good question, and it's kind of the topic of most of our internal. Conversations, not just with ourselves, but yeah. with our advisors. Yeah. And, um, but uh, but I'll tell you. So when we started out, it was funny because I think there wasn't an appreciation for consulting here in the U.S. It's a very U.S.-centric challenge, where I think the the belief is that you're just kind of waiting it out until you get your next full-time job. Versus, like in Europe, this Australia. is a proper business. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. so I think for for the first year, there was a lot you were of like you're waiting for the next gig. Yeah. So, so we would go and, and, and you know, we get inbound and we come up with a proposal and pitch and kind of outline what we would do for the company. And they'd go like, oh great, so like we'd like to hire you. I'm like, okay, great. Here's the contract. I'm like, no, 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 come like come do this for us. I'm like. Do you, do you not understand how this works? Which, which part of yeah, this yeah. process is on? I did not think that. But now that you say it, I can see that that is very valid. Yeah. <laughs> so, but I can see people which are doing that because they're trying to get the next thing. Yeah, I, I think there, there's still a lot of that, and there'll probably always be a lot of that, but, but what we're going for is the, uh, this is what this could look like. People are taking it seriously. It's not like somebody's friend who's hanging out by the golf courses. You know, it's a it's a proper consulting business. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, we we, we picked a, a tough industry to start in media and entertainment, where it's mostly yeah. you know, oh, that's you know somebody's friend who's yeah. getting this fat retainer. Where we're not exactly sure what for, but yeah. I've seen some. Yeah, they working for that team grand a month. Yeah. I'm clear. Well, if it was yeah. 10, that would be, yeah. But I mean, you know, yeah. there's a certain company <coughs> famously rebranded to the worst rebranding in the history yeah. <laughs> and stuff like that. So there's a lot of like really bad examples, so we wanted to be the yeah. good example. And, uh, you know, we, we uh, last year was very interesting for us because the year before that, we closed with, all right, here's the clear direction of what we want to focus on, here's what we want to do. We've, yeah, we've productized our, our offerings as much as possible. Yeah. Like we're, we're feeling really good. Yeah. And then in January last year, something happened, and we go, 
provide such spectacular inbound, but from companies that took us in very different directions than what yeah. we thought we were going to be yeah. doing. So now we're kind of like, all right, that was a, that was fun. Yeah. <laughs> and so yeah. now we're in the process of, of taking all of that from, from last year and, yeah. and rethinking our, our packaging. Has the and housing trends has that been dictating that, or not really? Not not oh. so much. Um, for us, it's more usually it's around uh, ROI. So if I invest in reorging my team, training up my team, opening up a new office, or expanding into this business line. What can I realistically expect to get back? And more about, you know, how should I do this? And, yeah. and what are the trade-offs I should be making? And part of that is our conversations around, you know, is in-housing a good fit for me? Yeah. And like, how should I approach it? Yeah. And so what that exposed to us, and I think to the market as well, is that these are these decisions are presented to companies as if they were binary. Like you're either going to in-house or you know, it was like the culture yeah. chain, like just because it worked yes. over here doesn't mean it will work here. But you know, like yeah. Burnall Bridges, we're in housing, we're doing things. <laughs> and, and you know, wow. honestly, there's maybe 20 companies who have a direct benefit from some type of in housing yeah. arrangement. Yeah. But just realistically speaking, looking at how people like to develop yeah. and like what they're really smart people what they want to work on, yeah. it's almost never, oh, I want to go be an in-house buyer for a uh, you know, large beverage company, yeah. right? Yeah. But that's not yeah. a, yeah. so there's, a, <laughs> there's, there's an inherent there? challenge there. Yeah. Of, this idea sounds really yeah. good on a spreadsheet and it makes so much sense, yeah. but then it hits the real world and then there's some challenge. Yeah, there. yeah. <laughs> yeah a, a few years back, well, it's still people are going, agencies are dying. Mm -hmm. And I was like, maybe some of the older agencies yeah. are changing, mm -hmm. but in the long run, a brand is always going to need an agency of some role mm -hmm. to help filter the market for them. Yeah. Because, like, um, that provides like a layer of protection, but also just some smart filtering. You know, this it sort of works here on this, isn't it? But, but you see yourself how different it is working with an agency here versus working yeah. anywhere else in the world. Right? Very, very different culturally. Yeah. I think the US has its own agency culture. Um, yes, and, and I think when we talk about agencies in general, that that's really what's being stressed yes. right now, because I, that model is, is no longer the model we should be going with. It's yeah. just like watching Mad Men today. It's a, you know, it's a great show, yeah. but nobody's going to buy media that yeah. way. Yeah. It's yeah, just exactly. not, yeah. not a thing to yeah. do. And uh, it's, it's been interesting to watch agencies struggle with this internally and struggle, on the one hand side, struggle to understand the severity of the problem, on the other, try to come up with any type of response yeah. Yeah. Um, for this. And part of it is because they, they don't know how to fund it. So, you know, they, they, they wouldn't know where to get money to come and hire us. Yeah. To figure this yeah. stuff out for them. Yeah. Meanwhile, their you know best clients are working with consultants who are overwhelmingly 
telling them to reduce their reliance on agencies and establish a, a yeah. more cost-efficient path. It's just like, such a, such a conundrum for all involved. Yeah, right? yeah. Like like yeah. you know why why don't you let us have like a kind of it's a very yeah. passive aggressive kind yeah. of, of scenario. Uh, but it, it is a it is a tough business. It's like like any business getting disrupted in any business yeah. that's very um, you know capital intensive requires a lot of staff for the firm to staff that rotates out pretty quickly. Yeah, that's the other challenge. Uh, holding companies have negotiated rates, which is good, but if there's no buffer to figure out projects as they come up, yeah. it's challenging. Very, very. And, and the I think it establishes the relationship with them in a really strange way and kind of incentivizes you to... to yeah. It's a little bit adversarial, yeah, isn't exactly. it? It's like, yeah. we've made the structure to make us adversarial right. rather than like partnership. And, and we've, you know, so let's say you, you have, this is but a million dollars to spend on a campaign. So ideally, your your agency would be incentivized to get you. You know, if they spend eight hundred grand and you get you meet your campaign goals, that's great. Yeah. But they're not incentivized that. Incentivized to spend a million bucks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So so it is. You're right. It is absolutely adversarial, and I get excited by in-housing projects mostly because it it lets you revisit. That really Some of the shit. assumptions. Yeah, and, and kind of, you know, very we very openly have this conversation with our clients on, yeah, well, what's where's the value yeah. out here that yeah. you're getting from the agencies that you're working with now? Maybe yeah. you know you want to look at, you know, just a, a different creative strategy or a different something else. I mean, there's a lot of inertia and a lot of just bad blood. <laughs> yes. Yeah. From from years of. <laughs> Missed the opportunity to, to fix it together, and it's a, it's a pretty gnarly problem. Uh, yeah. That's you know we're exporting into other industries now, so yay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, going back to like Sparrow in the next five years, uh-huh. and the moment really listening to clients, seeing what, seeing where the market takes it. Um, any idea on the five years? Yeah. So yeah. we we have a, a vision. Or I uh, guess. Any idea on five years and the trends which you think will get you there? So. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you can ignore that. Yeah. No, I, it's a really, really good question, and I'm, I'm curious to you know see in five years whether 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 <laughs> we're right yeah, or yeah, not. Yeah. Um, but I, I mean, I, I approach most decisions that way. Like you can make the best decision that you can make given yeah, the inputs yeah, yeah. that you have, and you know sometimes something. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, if you if you looked at what Nokia was planning for pre yeah. two thousand and ten, was very different. Yeah, but right now that looks ludicrous. Yeah. But then it looked sane and world's finest people. Exactly. <laughs> so so, oh, something of that size and extent can always happen. But uh, but we think that we're seeing the the overall sophistication of what people are looking for in the space rise. And I think a lot of that has to do with the transition between the CMO role, first transitioning from being a cost center to really being a partner in the senior executive suite, and then now the the kind of the next-gen CMOs or the chief marketer technologists 
who have that blend of uh, here's what, you know, technologically speaking, we can do on the targeting yeah. side and the concept of how to build brand awareness together. Yeah. So that's good because that hopefully means that some of the things that we're excited about are going to start happening on a large scale. And, you know, I think we'll, if we're successful with Rock on Wood, we're just going <laughs> to keep, keep continuing the work we're doing with existing clients, keep adding new clients and expanding into other verticals. Yeah. Maybe we've already expanded into adjacent clients, but yeah. there's, there's a bigger world out there. Uh, and the, the model is is very efficient, and we're able to source really, really good people to for, for direct client work this yeah. way. Global, but it seems ludicrous to say. It seems ludicrous to say that, but I know. Uh, so, so we, we want to use that as the kind of the the, the leader into uh, incubating some businesses that you know, potentially share a common backend, like yeah. the same folks can build audiences across a couple of different businesses, yeah. etc. That are targeting areas that are severely under-targeted now. So we've always liked in-between areas, so you know, yeah. things that focus on markets in maybe uh, parts of Europe, Asia, Africa, that aren't where Silicon Valley focuses on. Yeah. And they're going to see a lot of growth because of technology, because of the fact that we all live in the same world now on yes. Instagram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And, and and that's been been waiting. So we're we're starting to to cook um, a few things there. We're we're a little bit ahead of schedule on the on the cooking yeah, yeah. process. Yeah, I, I don't know if we'll, we'll pull the trigger yet, just yeah. because it's you know you, you don't want to take the your eyes off the, the, the consulting ball. You've yeah, got to keep focus. Yeah. No. But but we're 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 thinking of what when we started we wanted to build a, a like a holding. Company or a, or a, you know, in Latin America, this is a very popular type of company where you have seemingly completely different. Like there's a cable company, yeah. and like a farm, and you know, like a yeah. real estate business yeah. and whatnot, or like a conglomerate entrepreneur. So I was always fascinated by that type of breadth. And what are the common elements which yes, connect them? Exactly. So so I think we, we see the the common elements, and, and we are very inspired by folks like Danny. I think yeah. I, I talked to you yeah, about yeah. this before. Like he's one of my, my idols because one of the things that he's figured out across his restaurant empire now is that if you find good people and you give them the opportunity to develop themselves and work on different things, that's such a winning combination yeah. that just you know kind of keeps delivering yeah. over time. Creates a perpetual cycle. Yes. And if you got the diversity of those challenges there, mm -hmm. like that's. Yeah, exactly. So I, I want to do something like that's that. Cool. That's you know location agnostic. That can tap into a network of people that like wouldn't someone in a larger company wouldn't necessarily want to hire this person because yeah. they they spread across different areas. Yeah. To me, that's a superpower. Yeah. To large companies, yeah. that's yeah. a liability. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you always want a strong generalist specialist. Yes, location agnostic. Exactly. Yeah. So, I, and I think yeah, that yeah. that's that's the the trend that that I want to yeah. really hook into is that switch from um, 
you know, everybody's a specialist in this teeny tiny sliver of things. And then, you know, you ask them something a little bit adjacent to where they are, and they're like, oh, I don't know how I don't know. So I, I think that's not the way we can operate in, you know, in 2020, never mind 2025. Yeah, like this is future proofing business, right? Yes, exactly. Oh. And, and it's all about the, the overlaps of, of, you know, whenever something interesting happens in innovation, it's usually at the edge where two fields interact yeah. and where, where you're seeing some mix of, of different ideas. And so because I want to productize everything, I want to productize <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah. 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 So yeah, so I think that's kind of what's what's next for us. But uh, I think that what we're doing with the, the consulting and, and the management consulting business is really unique and, and revolutionary. And kind of going back to your earlier point, that's the sector which is undergoing that disruption. Yes. So if you're open-minded about opportunities here and you're able to get the insights here, <laughs> touch water, it really works. <laughs> but when you think about it, so like we've, you know, in, in personal lives, we've, yeah. we've kind of understood that it's okay to get help. Like maybe yes. you need a, yeah. a coach or a yeah. therapist or yeah. whatever yeah. works for you, like you yeah. need something. Well, guess what? Companies need the same thing. Yeah. And it's interesting because the earlier stage companies tend to understand this better than larger companies. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I think there's a, a scarcity play to, to the, the yes. features in, into that, but you you know you, you start to appreciate the value of a coach and just somebody else's perspective yeah. on your business. Because yeah. I mean I you know I, I spend more time than <laughs> should thinking about my own business, yeah. and I get so deep and everyone does. details. Yeah. yeah, so that you just literally need somebody to like grab you yeah. by the back of your neck and pull you out yeah. for a second and like make you see what's what's out just there. Just look at the horizon. Yeah, I mean literally it is, yeah. it is a, like a very deep horizon. <laughs> it's right? a very deep horizon. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. And, you know, and, and that is, is invaluable. I think yeah. you, you can really uh, make sure you're just not making Easily avoidable mistakes that way. So you know that's my that's my. Right, the world's best athletes got their coaches, exactly, right? So exactly. it's, it's not dissimilar. Yeah, yeah. You asked me earlier what was the, the kind of the, the five-year plan for, for for Sparrow. So you know, there's the other thing that we were very cognizant of is that here there's that you know um, factory approach to scaling. If you raise yes. this much money, you have to continue raising it. You have to follow the formula, yes. you have to be on a bandwagon. Right, but, but you have to be a you know, billion dollar plus company and your yeah. goal is to IPO and you bought for a lot of money. And, and I think that... It's very finite. It, it's very finite, yeah. but it's also not, maybe not the best use of resources overall. It doesn't feel sustainable. In terms of expanding those yeah. resources. And then, you know, you look at like companies in Germany and that middle stuff like, yeah. that they've invented, yeah. which is so, so there's such moats and such expertise, deeply specialized yeah. in, in generational yeah. that, you know, I, I think when I, I think about the businesses that I would like to run, they are you know, not thousands of employees, but, you know, small, close teams yeah. of 20, 30 people that can generate... That are the world's best at that. Yeah, yeah. But, but that can you know generate 10x, 100x of their own like yeah. value in, in output because I think this is the, the economy that we're hopefully moving to yeah. and not, you know, not 
to continue yeah. to throw resources at the fire just so yeah. that the fire gets bigger. Kind of. That's yeah. that's what the this this factory approach to, to innovation feels like to me increasingly. Yeah. And I'm sure there are people who find that really attractive and want to do that. I've just been lucky enough to realize that you know as much as I want to and can participate in different stages of those companies, yeah. that's not the kind of company that I want to build. Yeah. I think there's a lot of businesses which need to be right sized. Some businesses shouldn't yes. be 100 million, some should be 70, some should be 100, there should be 400. But it's, um, I think the mantra I've been the last few years is I like optimize for fun. So, like, yeah. have, my selection for anything is like, how much fun am I going to have for this? Not from goofing around, but like, yeah. it, am I going to learn something that's going to be challenging, it's going to be rewarding, is it right around yeah, the table? Yeah. Um, and that isn't always. Yeah, and, and you know, is this going to be, so you're going to spend seven, eight, ten hours every day working with people. I never want to be in a situation where I'm with people I don't want to spend yeah. time with yeah. because we're, you know, going to hit a Especially the option of the alternative, right? Exactly. But, but I think that there's a there's a transition between the, the trend that I'm personally interested in is this, you know, factory approach to work that we've had because we have factories yeah, and yeah, we're kind yeah. of, um, the, you know, yeah. we still approach work life in a very factory way, like it's a nine to five yeah. in most places. It's, you know, you, you go somewhere, you sit at a desk and yeah. whatnot. Um, more into this fluid, more creative and yeah. interconnected type of environment. Have you read much Tom Peters? Yeah, yeah he talks I about like him a lot. Yeah, he, we're, uh, we're Twitter friends. Oh, really? So he talks about us a lot. Yeah, and he he's been doing business speaking and writing mm -hmm. since the late seventies, I guess. Yeah. So he's he kind of speaks to all the trends. Mm -hmm. I think he's always got a couple of examples of German companies which mm -hmm. are like fifty people in the world's best at some kind of paint. Yeah, like, yes. I forget it was like thirty or fifty million euros mm -hmm. or something. He's yeah, like, I don't worry about anything else. I'm just really happy doing. World's best job in that. Yes. Uh, yes. I love and, that. That's and, really and they'll, cool. you know, continue to innovate on yeah. that particular best yes. paint, and maybe they'll invent a slightly different type of paint, and then yeah. there'll be a new fifty people yeah. managing that and yeah. stuff. And that's it's it's very interesting. It's a mix of uh, here's what we want to do as yeah. a group of humans together, and the yeah. problems that we want to band yeah. around and, and, and yeah. help focus and, and solve. And you know we'd like to do this for a long period of time, yeah. and, and I think that when we've talked about work here in, in North America in particular, we went from that model where most people spent their entire careers within one company and you know moved yeah. up gradually. Yeah. There was a lot of structure yeah. and, and very clear trade-offs yeah. at, at every step to a very like, well, I'm going to do that, but very quickly and by jumping companies and I can do that to jump over here to jump rather than yeah. like, I really enjoy this part I'm gonna go to Yes. And it, yeah. it feels very extractive yeah. right now. And it's very because I, I got challenged in my own roles uh, when I was talking to folks about what drove my decisions between yeah. roles. We're like, well, you know, why didn't you just like do another DMP and stuff? And like, well I did yeah, that, yeah. why would I want to do the same thing all over again? I'm like, oh, the money is so good. I'm like, yes, it is, but yeah. like, you know, yeah. again, you're, you only have a certain amount of time in every day. Yeah. 
it's to do you, you get it you gotta be very intentional about how you spend them yeah. and I, I'd like to think that that's coming around a little bit and it's being interpreted as frivolity and, and you know like oh millennials they are not interested in you know working 24 hours a day or yeah. stuff like that and, and I think that's such a misguided way to perceive what's actually happening, right? And then it's the, you know, what's the, here's what I like to do, yeah. here's how I can potentially monetize it, and, and like, here's, yeah. the, that's that's really encouraging to see as a almost rebellion against the, the factories. Yeah, system. that's completely off the right line. Yeah, yeah, yeah right? Ch Charles, ha Tom Peters references it, but mm -hmm. Charles Handy, mm -hmm. you heard of him? Mm -hmm. uh, a management scholar of like the 80s, uh -huh. and he wrote, he hypothesized what the knowledge economy would look like. Mm -hmm. And he called it donut organizations. Mm -hmm. So he was like, in the future, people will organize their careers and jobs around different projects. Yep. Each project will be a donut. Mm -hmm. And a donut is um, just five or six people working on that. Mm -hmm. And people might be on multiple donuts at once. Yep. And there might be multiple donuts at different companies at once. Yes. This we're, is, we're just like, yeah. that's the reality that we're, we're seeing, right? This is what, what I'm hoping for, because we, we think that the, the Framework. The future of work. <laughs> yeah, so the, the, the framework that Sparrow, we sketched out it with, with Sparrow is we think that everybody in the future is going to have a portfolio of things they work on. Yeah. And so, you know, you might work on uh, a direct to consumer brand and also spend your time with a media company and, and others yeah. because it, it's that similarity of challenge that's called caused by technological disruption that is apparent to people who've lived through it, but yeah. maybe not apparent to the people yeah. at large companies that are currently yeah. in uh, executive roles. And so I think that, <laughs> very bizarrely, the gig economy is pushing that on the low end, but it's really a good fit for the, the high end of, of yeah, like that's where this innovation should be happening. And not in an exploitative way, but in a way of that. Yeah, that's constructive and win-win. Yeah, and uh, you know, I, I one of the reasons why I'm so fascinated by by those smaller companies that generate an outsized amount of revenue is because I just want to overpay every person that works for me. Like I don't understand why Jeff Bezos doesn't want to extremely overpay. Yeah, yeah. the more you pay, the better job you're doing, the better yeah. investment you can make. Yeah, I mean, I I would be embarrassed. If if I were the, the richest woman in the world yeah. with a trillion dollar company and you know there were people who work for me who struggled to go to the bathroom like I would literally like I, yeah. I would stop that immediately yeah. and the fact that he has that choice yeah. and he's not making it every day now, the, when things just, like that happen it's not just their decision there's like a thousand before it that's like yeah. a trajectory indicator yes. right? But, but I think there's yeah. something around the, the, this culture of shareholder value <laughs> and the the extractiveness of yeah. that that uh, needs to change yeah. and is starting to sort yeah. of change very slowly. How can so people watching this? I think we've got really like-minded networks. Uh -huh. How can they connect with you to maybe help out on a project? Uh, or be a client, or bring opportunities. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm, you know, I, I, I'm on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. um, 
every yeah. Twitter's down, the best way. Down it. Yeah, it, it's easy. You, you travel the world fairly frequently. I do. So I will. This, this is when we catch up in between when you're in the country and when I'm also in the country. Yes, yes. So I, I didn't tell you the part that I'm personally most excited about. So uh, somewhat out of nowhere for the last 18-ish, maybe yeah. a little bit more months than that, I've been building our speaker business. Uh, so I've been doing a lot of really interesting um, international and, and U.S. keynotes around yeah. digital topics around digital transformation and whatnot. Yeah. So I was recently yeah. in ANZ, um, spoke at three conferences there, and just starting to, to book up some, some time yeah. this year as well. Uh, so, so that's, I, I love that kind of stuff. I, clearly <laughs> I love talking about this stuff, right? But, uh, but that kind yeah. of uh, just knowledge sharing with Folks in different countries as well as exactly back and yeah, the so, coming up after. And, yeah. You know. So I try to yeah. be as, as accessible as one could possibly yeah. be when you're not like locked in the yeah. office. So, yeah. so I'm fairly easy to, to get a hold of. I think just you know, go to Twitter or LinkedIn or, or I mean, we, we happen to have a website. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so, if you cannot find us on those, yeah, I mean, Maybe you have other yeah, yeah. challenges to, to look yeah. at first. Yeah, don't use the contact form. <laughs> uh, yeah, but uh, uh, I mean, I, I think we, we really want to work with, with companies that um, are, are aware of the challenges that they're facing, or, or even yeah. if they're not aware of them, just kind of, you know, ooh, maybe, you know, I'm. Maybe I should sign up for this type of health check. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, I yeah, tell yeah. you, like, you're, yeah. oh, you're over 50, you should maybe. <laughs> these particular, yeah. particular tests. Yeah. So this is the same kind of thing uh, for us, and um, and and the same goes goes for people. I mean, we're always interested in, in connecting with, with folks who are working on interesting things. Yeah. A lot of our engagements start as conversations because yeah. you know sometimes you you know something bothering you, but you don't quite know what it is, and yeah. it helps to talk it through. Let me take a minute to thank our sponsor. This podcast is supported by Nudge. Nudge is the platform which enables marketers to measure and get insights on their branded content and content marketing. Sign up or visit the website to help justify my continued podcast investment. That's giveitanudge.com. Thanks to Gustav for editing, his point of view and feedback as we bring these series to life. If you'd like more of these, please do tell us. Feedback helps us improve. You can catch me on Twitter at Waggy. That's at B-W-A-G-Y and follow Nudge over at Give It A Nudge at Give It A Nudge. That's it. Thanks.